You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. It may surprise some of you, although those of you who have been married for a while, uh, probably not, that my wife and I don't agree on everything. And one of the areas that uh, we particularly don't always agree on is uh, what TV shows we want to watch. My wife is much more into... I'm going to embarrass you, but uh, much more into the law and order type shows on one end of the spectrum, and then also the kind of like real housewives uh, on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, And I have my guilty pleasures with TV too. I like cartoons, uh, you know, so we just have a different guy. I like silly, you know, um, frat boy comedy type things on TV. She has a much more sophisticated sense of humor. But one kind of TV show that we do agree on is we love watching cooking competitions. We love cooking competitions. The one we're watching now that we really love is called MasterChef. It's a Gordon Ramsay show. Uh, If you haven't watched MasterChef, it's really great. And then they also have, this is not related to the sermon, but they also have uh, periodically a MasterChef Junior where they have kids under 12 um, competing in this cooking competition, an amateur cooking competition, um, that's judged by the, some of the world's best chefs. It's a really amazing thing. But regular MasterChef is what we're watching now, where usually the challenges involve some kind of, oh, okay, some kind of mystery uh, ingredient that the cooks have to cook with and make a dish out of. And one of the things I've noticed people doing from time to time, and maybe this is just a matter of not being able to decide which way they're going to go with a particular item, is they take the the item and they cook it several different ways on a dish. So, you know, duck prepared three ways, rabbit prepared three ways, chicken prepared three ways, and you put that on a dish and make it beautiful and then present it as a chicken prepared three ways. And I thought of those things this week, for two reasons. One is because I want to talk about disagreement, and I also want to talk about disagreement through the lens of our Torah portion, which if you were here last night and were here at the beginning of the Torah reading this morning, I picked one verse, which is a famous verse from our Torah reading, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof, and I interpreted that verse already two different ways. I want to interpret it a third different way this morning. So the first way that I talked about it last night was uh, about um, our psycho-spiritual states. How to judge ourselves fairly during this uh, time leading up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And then a few moments ago, before the Torah reading, I talked about how justice needs to be applied equally to all members of a society if it's to be justice. And I want to talk about that same verse, Tzedek Tzedek Tirdof, in a slightly different interpretive way. So the rabbis pick up on this question, why does the Torah repeat the word Tzedek twice, justice twice? 
Usually the Torah uses pithy language, and the rabbis believed, uh, and I think it's a, a, a beautiful and holy way of interpreting the Torah, that every single word, every single letter, maybe even every single crown that's affixed to the top of the letters, if it's there, it's there for a purpose, and it has meaning. So the Torah wasn't just being superfluous. The Torah didn't just want to, you know, add in for a flourish and extra tzedek. It put in that second word tzedek, that second tzedek, for a reason. And so one of the reasons, according to the Talmud, that that second tzedek is there, it says, Echad ledin ve'echad lifshara. One of them is for justice or judgment, and one of them is for compromise. And so if you look at the verse that way, that one of the tzedeks is for justice or judgment, and one is for compromise, and the last word is, you shall pursue so justice and compromise you shall pursue. In our relationships and in our world, we see both of these things play out. There are certainly times in our lives and certainly times in our world where judgment, where justice, where clear right and clear wrong are taking place and it's important not only to take a stand on the side of the right and pursue fixing the problem and correcting it, exacting justice and making uh, fairness a part of our society, but there are times where it's morally obligated to do so, right? So it is the second part of that verse, compromise, it doesn't seem to really apply when you're dealing with someone like ISIS in Iraq. That is not a group that one would think you would pursue compromise with because there's not really a position with which to compromise. They want to destroy the West. They want to destroy uh, Muslims with whom they don't agree. They want to destroy um, everything that, uh, that you and I hold uh, dear and sacred. Um, there's not really a place to say, okay, we'll, we'll just split the difference. You can have half of Iraq and we'll have the other half, right? Or we'll give the other half to the Kurds and then we'll be fine. Right? That's not going to happen. And there are going to be times in our life, in cases like that, where the first part of that verse, the first tzedek, is the more reasonable and relevant one. Right? Where justice has to be pursued in whatever way justice can be pursued. That there is a clear right and a clear wrong. But often in our relationships and in our world, the second tzedek is the more relevant one. There's very often not a clear definitive right and a clear definitive wrong in our relationships with our spouses, sometimes even our relationships with our children, our work relationships, our relationships with coworkers, our relationships with our superiors, our relationships with our subordinates. In our country, in our Congress, there is often not a clear, definitive right way of producing legislation and a clear, definitive wrong way of producing legislation. And so often, two parties and two camps stake themselves on either side of an issue, and they say it has to be this way or it has to be this way, and there's never a sense among them that, you know what, maybe we are both right and maybe we are both wrong, and so let's find a way to meet in the middle to get things done in order to move forward in our lives and with the business of, uh, of creating a, a fair and a prosperous society. 
It's true in so many areas. And I particularly think it's true in our interpersonal relationships. That, uh, that very often we are in a conflict or a fight with a spouse or a loved one or a co-worker and we presume, we take the position with something biologically or something psychologically within us says, if I yield my position, if I acknowledge some degree of rightness of their position, I diminish myself in some way, I weaken myself in some way, so I hold firm. I need to know that I'm right. And I need to know that if I'm right, they're wrong because it can't be two ways. It can't be that we're both right and it can't be that we're both wrong. And my uh, rabbi, Rabbi Brad Artson, when he was doing um, uh, for Adira and me uh, our premarital counseling, which is something if you never did premarital counseling, even if you're married and even if you have a very happy and successful marriage, it's something that is worth doing. When he did our premarital counseling, one of the first questions he asked us was, I want to know how you fight. And he told us, fight. I want to know how you fight. Because all couples fight. Even if they're great and wonderful couples, we love each other very much, but all couples fight. That's the truth. And he said to me this piece of advice that I'll never forget. He said, sometimes you have to ask yourself, what's more important? Do I want to be right or do I want to be married? Do I want to be right or do I want... That doesn't mean that he says you are right and you need to give up being right in order to stay married. It means shifting your thinking from trying to win an argument and prove that you're right in an argument and the difference between that and saying what's important here is moving forward. What's important here is building lives together. What's important is staying in relationship. What's important is honoring and respecting each other and respecting the fact that we actually may both be right. We may both be wrong. And so what do we need to do to come to some kind of pshara, compromise? We don't need to be on the side of tzedek, one is right and one is wrong. We need to be the second tzedek. We need to pursue the second tzedek, which is pshara, compromise. And so often, couples uh, um, succeed or fall apart on whether they're able to transition from the first tzedek to the second one, from pursuing who's right and who's wrong to who can compromise. One of my other teachers, Rabbi Brad Hirschfeld, wrote a great book that I encourage all of you to read. It's called, You Don't Have to Be Wrong for Me to Be Right. You don't have to be wrong for me to be right. And I don't have to be wrong for you to be right. We can both acknowledge and affirm that there may be a degree of rightness or truth to either side's position and say, we may never come to a definitive agreement about who's right about this and who's wrong about this because we both see it from different perspectives. So let's see where are the points at which we can agree and where are the points at which we can hold each other and respect each other and where are the points that enable us to move forward. It's true in our interpersonal lives and we hope and pray it can also be true in our society. Because we have right now a society that is breaking down, it feels like, more and more by the day, along the fault lines of this passage, Sedek, Sedek, Tirdof. 
because we have people who are supposed to be our leaders and our legislators and our executive uh, leadership who are committed to the first side of tzedek. I have no doubt that they are committed to what's right and what's fair and what's just in their view. But they haven't yet learned the second part of tzedek that we are called on to pursue, that if we can't come to an agreement about what is just and what is fair and what is definitive judgment about what's right and what's wrong, we have to move and pursue the second tzedek, which is compromise. And my prayer for us in our lives and in our society this Shabbat is that we can have the wisdom and the guidance and the insight to know what are the moments in which we need to rigorously and wholeheartedly pursue the first tzedek of justice and fairness and judgment and rightness. And when it's time, and it is more often than not time, to pursue wholeheartedly and fully the second tzedek of compromise and synthesis.